You're listening to a podcast edition of Closer to Truth. For more information about this series, visit our website, closertotruth.com. Science and religion have been battling for centuries, and the struggle carries deep significance. Some say that religion is superstition, and science should eliminate it. Others say that religion is reality, and science should glorify the God that created it. Worldviews are at stake. As the battle rages, meaning and purpose, if any, hang in the balance. Between science and religion, many call for harmony. Yet there seems today only more cacophony. I like that. With science and religion, I do not like artificial harmony or phony accord. Do science and religion conflict? I'm Robert Lawrence Kuhn, and Closer to Truth is my journey to find out. Because I sense in myself a will to believe, I start with Daniel Dennett, a leading skeptic and author of Breaking the Spell, which claims religion to be a natural phenomenon. Dan is professor at Tufts University, and we meet nearby in Cambridge. People want to believe in God, and they are tremendously impressed with just the fantastic wonderfulness of the universe. And wouldn't it be nice if there was some suitable recipient for our gratitude? And I feel that as much as anybody. I, I wish, feel that I way. wish there was somebody to thank. <laughs> and there's nobody to thank, I think. But if you think there's got to be, then you have a motive for trying to identify something as God. And if you're a scientist, it's not going to be a traditional God. It's going to be something not unlike Spinoza's God, which near as I can tell, it's just nature itself. Well, I think the world of nature. I, do I worship nature? Well, almost. I wouldn't pray to nature. I wouldn't expect nature to work miracles for me, but, but I stand in awe and respect of the natural world and delighted to be here, full of gratitude. And uh, I can't thank God, so I just thank goodness. And there's a lot of goodness around. And uh, others seem to me they they, they should eliminate the middleman. Just thank goodness itself. <laughs> Let's look at e each side of this equation, the, the theology side and the science side, and the claim being that because the methodologies are so different, therefore they are like two different dimensions and, and can pass equally. I don't buy it. There's truth, and then there's everything else. There isn't the scientific truth and then emotional truth. No, there's truth. And the scientific method is the best method we've come up with yet. 
for getting at the truth. The question is whether there's another human enterprise. Science is one, this is another, right? Theology. So. Right, right. What is its goal? What is it trying to do? If it is trying to get at the truth, yes. I want to know what this species of truth is. There could be things that are not in the material world. I don't know how else to define it. And the claim would be that theology can apprehend those things through human understanding, just like human understanding can apprehend good art. Or maybe not theology, maybe, maybe cuisine or finger painting. That might apprehend these extra non-scientific truths. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> what I'm saying is finger painting and cuisine are two other human endeavors. Uh, they don't claim to be getting at the truth, but they're pretty cool in their, in their own ways. And I want to know how theology aims at the truth without following in the footsteps of science. To Dan, truth is accessed through science. Other non-scientific knowledge may be interesting, but it is not truth in the same sense. I agree. But could truth in a different sense reflect reality of a different kind? How would a scientist who believes in God frame the argument? Owen Gingrich is Professor Emeritus of Astronomy and the History of Science at Harvard University. The author of God's Universe, Owen believes in God. We meet at the Smithsonian Astrophysical Observatory in Cambridge. Well, I suppose one of the big issues is the action of God in the world. Did God plan it perfectly in the first instance and let it run without meddling with it, or is God continually nudging it? I think that many people have uh, problems with evolution because they feel it's eliminating God in the sense that they would like to have God in there uh, each step of the way uh, bringing it about. The scientific view is that God isn't doing that. Now, that is a metaphysical assumption on the part of the scientists, because science can't prove that it doesn't have this kind of interaction. God could have given freedom of choice to the creation in such a way that God does not know in advance what is going to happen. Perhaps God is surprised at laying out general principles with the direction of getting self-conscious life, and here we are. <laughs> Did God imagine that we would have only two arms instead of eight? There's other ways of looking at God as being atemporal, somehow standing timelessly outside and beyond all of the universe. Now, as a scientist, how do you view those ways of thinking and those kinds of problems? Is it so totally alien from the scientific way of thinking that you can almost have no comment? Well, I would have to say that uh, science doesn't really deal 
uh, with purposes and uh, to raise randomness to an absolute principle in talking about evolution, for example, would in a sense be building a kind of metaphysical framework for the science uh, that is uh, calling uh, even the randomness or the purposelessness a final level of understanding. But I feel that making that distinction would be a metaphysical argument not driven by the science itself. All they can say is that this is for us an adequate way of understanding, uh, that uh, it matches up with the set of uh, things that we choose to have as our data. I think scientists should realize that this is a kind of leap of faith that they've made in their interpretive process and to realize that it is not a fundamental part of their science itself. So this is the core confrontation. Is the scientific worldview the absolute and only standard for assessing truth in the world? Or does it too require a leap of faith? My head says the former, my heart the latter. Maybe my head needs some help. And I know just where to find my helper. At MIT, my alma mater, visiting with Marvin Minsky, the legendary pioneer of artificial intelligence. Marvin, there are many scientists who seek to have harmony or ways of cooperation between science and theology. Do you think that's a good idea? Well, there are some scientists who do. I don't think there are so many proportionally, but the spread of religion has uh, been an amazing phenomenon for thousands of years. And uh, it seems to me it's psychologically a wonderful device. Take all the questions you can't answer and give them a name. So somebody says, well, God did that. And the right question to ask then is, well, how does God work? And they regard that as rude. So there's something strange about theology. It's a system of thinking which teaches you not to ask questions. And so I think it's basically incompatible with science. The great thing about humans and a few other animals is that early in life, we get attached to a parent or to another animal of our species. And in the case of humans, once we learn language, we can learn a million things about the world. If you had to learn those by trial and error, you'd be dead. And when we grow up, uh, our parent is gone and there's no one to teach us, but we still have that slot in our brain for the marvelous creature who's going to give us the knowledge we need. And you might as well call it God or Satan or whatever is your uh, local religion. And that, you think, is the origin of, of, of religion? Yes, I think that we have a propensity to assume that there's always going to be someone who can tell us what to do. The trouble with religion is it picks particular things, like 
why are we here or what created the world or what should we do in various conditions. And lots of these can be studied and, and uh, understood a little better by thinking more. But uh, our cultures find ways, and it's the cultural rather than the individual, who say, we like things as they are, don't think about this, don't change it. What you should do is told by this book. And that's very convenient, it saves a lot of time. At any period, if there are questions science can't answer because there are no tools, then why knock yourself out? The only trouble is that most of the time those questions could be answered if you knew more. Like what happens after death? Well, we don't need death. There's no reason why people should die. Right now we know the mo lots of genes that cause disease. In a hundred years we'll know a dozen genes that cause aging. Maybe people will live for 400 years then. Uh, shortly after that, we'll find ways to put our minds into machines, and then you can make backup copies and live forever. Religion is why we couldn't do this 2,000 years ago, because mainly it stopped science. So if you look at the short-term effects of religion, they're great. They make stable societies, except when they go crazy, which is frequent and they save a lot of trouble and they do social services. In the long term, they guarantee death and they're very bad for us and almost everyone who is alive today is eventually going to die because the 2,000 years in which science did not progress. We'll so I think death will go away and we don't need to pray for it. We have to work for it. If we look at religion as fossilized old beliefs, some of which may have been useful, that's fine. But I can't see a serious discussion of the theological ideas in religions because they're nutty. Unless you say how God works, saying that God exists doesn't explain anything. And it explains almost all of mechanics. Marvin is fierce. Religion as an excuse to avoid hard questions. Based on the history of religion, Marvin makes a good argument. But from the foibles or fallacies of human religion, does anything really follow about a creator god? I sway forth and back. Perhaps I need someone who hears harmonies between science and religion. Francisco Ayala is a distinguished scientist, a world authority on evolution, and a former Dominican priest. Is Francisco conflicted? While he criticizes intelligent design, he does believe in God. Francisco, can science really say anything about religion? The difference is radical, it seems to me, in the way theology or belief uh, proceeds and in the way that science proceeds. In science, we develop theories, laws, discover laws, or start with hypotheses that we can test by designing experiments or by making observations and prove them correct or incorrect. But in science, it is always possible to reject something that has been accepted in the past. In religion, we are dealing with different matters. The religion depends on revelation and religious experience. We believe they are eternal. They are not subject to 
projection by an additional observation or experiment. For the religious believer, no really well-established scientific discovery is going to challenge his or her strong faith. Can the marvels of science that we're discovering be a, a benefit to religion, a tool of religion, to show the enormous uh, complexity, diversity, uh, majesty of the physical creation? For me, as a scientist, and particularly as an evolutionary biologist, mm. the complexity of life, the beauty of life, is very inspiring. I think uh, people of faith should gain you know, inspiration by looking at the world of life, at the world of reality in general. Mm. That should inspire them to, um, to think more of God and to love God. Uh, so there is a lot to be said in favor of all kinds of knowledge. I mean, art and, and poetry and literature are also ways in their beauty that uh, allow a religious believer to see the presence of God in the world. According to Francisco, science can neither prove nor disprove God. But it can show a magnificently diverse world of living things which inspire awe and reverence. I still need to dig deeper into the conflict. How might religion work with specific sciences? I'll tell you what I learned from that history. Wenzel van Husteen, an expert on human origins and religion, thinks carefully about the relationship between science and religion. He is professor at Princeton Theological Seminary, where we meet. Wenzel, I want to get into the way of thinking of each side. How do scientists and theologians think? In a broad sense, of course, uh, uh, science and religion are very different issues. And I think one needs to be very specific, vastly different kind of strategies or reasoning strategies if you want to. So then uh, uh, it would be very easy to construct a, a situation where there would be in permanent internal conflict. But if one moves up a step from religion in general to specific theologies and specific sciences, then it becomes more uh, tangible. Then we can say, okay, here we have a specific kind of theology or theologian talking to a specific scientist. And then it becomes possible to see how these very different strategies can be brought closer to one another by asking what is it that we do that could be fairly similar. Like for instance on the issue of human uniqueness, which is a term that is used in both theology and in the sciences. So uh, if one follows this kind of trait, uh, then it becomes clearer to how to diffuse a conflict. If one sticks to the more generic terminology of, you know, the science and religion, then as I as said in one of my earlier books, it's, it's either a duet or a duel. That's the problem sometimes. It looks like a symmetrical argument, but scientists would say, I think justifiably so, that it is not symmetrical, that science does not have to consider theology, but theology has to consider science. I think 
you do this by showing that there's a vast difference between religion as people live it mm -hmm and theology as an academic discipline. That's the first thing. The, the second thing that I think that is a, a tremendously important is, you are right, they are asymmetrical. But I don't think it's a, it's a hierarchy uh, in the sense that science dominates certain methodologies. What I think a th a theologians should be doing and that we, uh, in the interdisciplinary conversation, is to show that uh, the disciplines that we are practicing here are philosophically sound, are open for scientific input. Yes, in a genetic sense, science may not care about theology, but there are always scientists who are interested if the theology is good uh, to, uh, to have this conversation and say, why are people doing this in a systematic sense and why are they thinking about issues of the meaning of life and of faith and of evil uh, in a way that might uh, complement the empirical approach of science. Theologians have a huge uh, uh, epistemic obligation, if I can put it like that, to foster this uh, interdisciplinary conversation. Wenzel makes a distinction between the common practice of religion and the academic study of theology, which he says can complement science either in practice or in theory, I want to know what's real. And what's real to me must begin with the universe. Paul Davies, a cosmologist at Arizona State University, is respected by scientists and theologians. Not moved by flattery, he often disagrees with both. Science and religion start from opposite poles. Science starts on the basis that all knowledge is provisional, uh, it must be testable, that we put forward hypotheses about the world, and we change our minds if the experiments show that we're wrong. Religion, most religions start with an act of faith, that there are certain things that are true, must be accepted to be true, they're not really testable. Uh, and the question is, do they meet somewhere in the middle that could be mutually productive? Where I think we really do get down to the uh, fundamental brass tacks uh, is where we're dealing with the underlying laws of the universe, its rationality, the whole big cosmological picture. Um, now, many people think, well, uh, that is somehow, you know, pushing God out to be something really remote. They're comfortable with the idea of a God who's sort of working miracles uh, here on Earth within the sort of evolutionary picture. That's what they want. They're not much interested in a God who's uh, the grand architect of the great cosmos, but is somehow sort of billions of light years away or not in space and time altogether. I've never been happy with the idea of a God who uh, intervenes from time to time in the running of the world. I often say there's no miracles except the miracle of nature itself. The true miracle is the, the wonderful package that is put together and works so well. But the, the problem is, you see, for people who want to believe, for example, that they, their prayers may be answered, it's hard for people to gain much comfort from this remote entity. Now, it's got a sort of austere majesty, I think, uh, and, and beauty to it, that there is a sort of, you know, grand cosmic meaning out there. Uh, but it may well pass you and me by, you know, it could be that we're just tiny components in this grand scheme. Maybe we just have to find inspiration from science and from what we find at the scientific frontier, which I don't think uh, paints a picture of a cold, 
meaningless, heartless universe in which human beings have no place. I think we have a place. It's not a central place. We're not the pinnacle of creation. We're not at the centre of the universe. But we have a role nevertheless. Science isn't a religion. It's not going to be a substitute for religion. But it can provide a framework of ideas in which I think there can be a genuine spiritual dimension uh, without having to go back to the guardian angel view of, of God. Whether science and religion conflict depends on how science is defined. If science is truthful knowledge about the physical world, then science has nothing to say about anything not physical. Science would have to be neutral about religion. With science and religion operating quite literally, in different domains. But if the scientific method of critical thinking is the only path to rational truth, then science is the mortal enemy of religion. Because religion's claims about God will all fail the standard tests of experimentation and repeatability. What about the religious claim that science describes a world consistent with a supreme creator? Here I will be precise. If it turns out that there is a God, then it would have made sense to have read into the world the evidence of his handiwork. However, it still would not follow that science could ever be used to justify the existence of God. There is unremitting tension between science and religion. This is good to get closer to truth. To watch complete conversations with over 100 of the world's leading thinkers on cosmos, consciousness, and meaning, visit our website, closertotruth.com.